Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Barrier Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network. The only place of the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Rice Shell Radio. On this week's show, we're going to be recapping the San Francisco 49ers season up to this point. But before we get into any of that, kind of a quick word from our sponsor. The last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and BetOnline is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL, and college football, and NHL in full swing, BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. Head to the bet on head to BetOnline today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben and Maria podcast. For winter break, we discuss the plan for this episode. Once again, go and do something different. Going to recap the Niners season so far. Eight games in. This is officially the bye week for week nine. They'll be back once again in week 10 as they take on the Jaguars. But... Figured with them not playing this week, we should at least discuss the first half of the season. We're going to recap everything from overall grades for coaches, positions, and players. You get the point. But either way, we're going to talk about the Niners either way, and hopefully we can see them get back on track in the second half of the season. So we're going to start off where we always start off, which is going, to, which is the uh, recap of what happened with the last game, or last week in this case. So we are going to look at the overall picks that we gave out for that Week 8 game against the Bengals. Overall, our picks were okay. Bit of a heartbreaker there. We potentially should have swept, but that did not happen. We like the under in the game. That did not work out as you ended up seeing the fourth quarter explode. You had 27 points entering the fourth quarter, then three touchdowns in the fourth as the game landed 48. So ended up losing and a bit of a heartbreaker there with the under. However, we did win with the side. We had the Bengals plus three and a half, and that ended up getting there as the Niners got kind of dominated for the entirety of the game. They were down 14 in the fourth quarter. McCaffrey scored another touchdown, and then you ended up seeing the Bengals score again with a mix and touchdown run to fully put the game on ice. Either way, the Niners never led, and in fact, they trailed after every quarter, so not a good showing there, and the Niners, as a result, have lost three straight. Now, to go through the overall stats for this game, then we'll get into big picture stuff. So, for the Bengals, Burrow was unstoppable, and it tells you the concern that you might have with the 49ers passing defense because Burrow went 28 of 32 for 283 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, sacked three times, QBR of 89.3. It was the longest consecutive completion streak of his career. So Burrow did whatever the hell he wanted the entire game and the Niners had no answers. Now as for the ground game, even the ground game for Cincinnati was pretty good. Mixon had uh, 87 yards and a touchdown. Burrow had 43 yards, and that was basically it. Uh, you're looking at the receiving court. Chase was great, 100 yards and a touchdown. Higgins had five catches for 50, for uh, 69 yards. Tower Boyd had a touchdown and 40 yards. And you also had uh, 
Iosivas, who had a touchdown on his only catch. So once again, Cincinnati's passing attack was great. The rushing attack was solid. And the Niners defense really wasn't that great. Now, as for the sacks for the Niners defense, Cleveland Farrell had half a sack. Nick Bosa had half a sack. And you ended up seeing Eric Armstead get two. So to go through the offense, Brock Purdy, who ended up being cleared late in the week for concussion protocol, he cleared and he was not particularly good. So he attempted a lot of passes because game flow forced him to throw. Had 365 yards, 22 completions on 31 attempts, one touchdown, two picks, sacked twice, QBR of 57.9 for the actual ground game. Brock Purdy led the team in rushing with 57 yards. McCaffrey had 54 yards and a touchdown. He always has a touchdown. And if you want to look at the receiving core, George Kittle was incredible. He had nine catches for 149 yards. Ayuk had 109 yards. McCaffrey had 64 yards and a touchdown. And McLeod had two catches for 43. Now, the issue for the Niners was turnovers because Purdy lost a fumble. Andy threw two picks. You ended up seeing the likes of Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt intercept both those passes. The second one was particularly bad. Uh, one of them was set, was thrown right to a defensive back, and it was the freest interception of his career, which set up the back-breaking touchdown, I guess, in the game. But anyway, the point is for the Niners, the pass defense has fallen off a cliff, and Brock Purdy has come back down to earth. Now, it makes sense because he was Mr. Irrelevant, and he was being he was really just incredible for the first double-digit starts of his career, but it does seem like with added film on him for coordinators, defensive coordinators to use around the league, Purdy's been exposed a bit, and I do think he's going to have to get back on track. Now, we saw Purdy bang his head a little bit at the end of that game against the Bengals. Byway comes in handy. Hopefully, he'll look, be he'll look uh, better post-bye week, but I have to at least bring it up. Do I think Purdy should have played in the game? You can argue yes, because once again, he ended up getting cleared, so there was no risk involved. Did he look great? You can argue not really, but he still threw for 365, but a lot of that did come in garbage time. So I think Purdy wasn't very good, but that's what happens when you go cheap on a quarterback, you stock the rest of the lineup or the rest of the roster with a lot of talent because you're paying him a seventh-round rookie salary, and it turns out Purdy's slowly regressing into a, let's just say, shaky quarterback, which I feel you can argue is overdue because a lot of people thought this was going to happen last year. And most people thought when Garoppolo got injured, the season was done for. And then Purdy turned out to be insane. So I do think that Purdy, once again, regressing is normal, but it's concerning because the Niners were in great form. Now they are five and three. They're in second place in the division. They're currently half a game back of Seattle. And you have to at least start to wonder if they might lose the division. Now, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not saying this team's going to totally fall off a cliff. But a reminder, with the Niners winning the division last year, that does mean they inherited a very tough schedule. And you're looking at the actual schedule. Face off against Jacksonville on the road. Not easy. Tampa at home. They should win. At Seattle. Not easy. At the Eagles. Not easy. Play the Seahawks at home. That's not easy either. I'm assuming they're going to win, but that's not an easy game. They play at the Cardinals. That's easy. They play the Ravens at home. Not easy. Commanders on the road. That should be fine. And they play the Rams at home. That should be fine. So the point is they have three. If you want to count the Bengals as being an easy game, uh, not the Bengals, sorry, the Buccaneers as being an easy game. They basically have three easy games on the schedule and the rest are going to be difficult. So they kind of, 
I don't want to say it's full panic mode button. I'd say we're probably at DEFCON 3. It's not DEFCON 1, but it's not a good look when your offense has scored exactly 17 points in each of the last three games. And you have to start wondering if the Niners are, I don't want to say fool's gold to win a championship or to be picked to win a championship, but this team is definitely flawed and it's unfortunate because after the first five weeks, it looked like they were going to be a potential 14-win team. Anyway, we're going to segue now to big picture stuff. We're going to look at the overall grade for the team first, then we'll get into some positions and some teams. So starting off, I mean, and some players. Starting off with the team, I'm going to give them a B-, minus because right now they're still in the playoff picture. Now, of course, we were hoping they would be potentially 6-2 and two or 7-1 and one at this point, and everything feels a lot worse because we are talking about this in the middle of a free fall. If the Niners were mixing wins and losses together and they were five and three on the season, you'd probably feel okay, but you feel a lot worse because they were five and zero. So I do think once again, I'm trying to view everything big picture. Five and three entering the bye is not terrible. They're half a game behind Seattle. They're probably not going to get the bye because the Eagles are dominating the NFC. So I'm assuming the Niners are going to try to fight for a two seed in this spot. So I do think the Niners once again are not totally screwed in the big picture, but I'm going to give them a B minus. We thought they'd be better, but they're still five and three. The teams for the most part, at least for key position players, uh, I, I can't even say they're healthy because Debo's missed some time and Trent Williams has been injured, but McCaffrey has been healthy for the most part. At least he's playing through the oblique injury, but the Niners have been fine for the most part. It just seems like they've lost a couple of close games lately. I'll give them a B minus. Based on recent form for the last three weeks, it's easily a D, but I got a factor in everything. So give me a B minus for being five and three at the bye. Now, as for the actual quarterback play, we'll go from there. Purdy, I'm going to give, I think a B minus is fair once again, because Purdy's overall numbers are fine. He's got 2,000 yards passing, give or take, 12 touchdowns, five picks, but he has been really bad the last couple weeks. Now, he also does have 107 rushing yards and two touchdowns. So 14 total touchdowns, five interceptions, not bad. So I do think looking at his overall stats and looking at his performance for the entirety of the season, B minus, maybe a B, sounds about right. Now, once again, recently, he's shown serious reason to be concerned, but I got to factor in the entire season, and he was very good for the first five weeks. Give me a B minus for Purdy. As for McCaffrey, A+. plus. I got no notes. He's been incredible. He scores a touchdown every week. He has 652 uh, rushing yards, nine rushing touchdowns. He also has uh, 292 rushing yards and four receiving touchdowns. So 13 touchdowns on the year in eight games, it's an A+. plus. He's having a phenomenal year, and I got no notes. He's been unstoppable. Then you're going to get into the uh, receiving core, I'm not going to go through backup running backs. It's a waste of my time. Now, as for the receiving core, I'll start off with Ayuk. I'm going to give him an A- minus because he, he has 620 yards. He's been solid, two touchdowns, and he did miss a game. So durability has been an issue. That's why it's not an A or an A+. A- minus though, he has been a very solid and consistent receiver whenever he's been on the field. Now you have Kittle, who has been kind of shaky. I'm going to give Kittle a B. His numbers are fine because he has 443 yards and three touchdowns, but he also had 149 yards last week. So he's had a couple of big weeks, and he was a no-show for the first couple games. Nobody noticed, though, while they were winning. But he had the three-touchdown game against Dallas. That's the only game he has a touchdown in. 
And once again, if you take out the 149 yards from last week, he has less than 300 yards on the season. So his numbers are okay, mostly top-heavy, looking at a couple of outlier games. I'll give him a B because his overall body of work is fine. I want more consistency, though. So I think that – actually, no, a B is a bit too high. I'll give him a B-. minus. It's been fine, but I think we need to see a bit more consistently into this offense. Now, as for Debo, I'm going to give him a C. Simply put, it's going to sound harsh, but it's a similar story to every year. He's always hurt. It's the way it is. And he has 302 receiving yards and one touchdown. Also has uh, some rushing attempts. He has not exactly been insanely effective, but he's averaging 5.2 yards per carry, 95 yards rushing. So Debo's been fine. He's always hurt, though. I got to give him a C, simply put. Now, moving on to the other positions, I think we're kind of out of receivers here. I'm not going to review Juwan Jennings and Ray Ray McLeod. It's kind of a waste of time. So I'm not going to bother, but overall, decent grades, nothing outstanding besides McCaffrey and Ayuk. Now, moving on to the defense, I got to mention Fred Warner. I'm going to give him an A minus. I think he's been very solid. Uh, 71 total tackles, leads the team, two sacks, two interceptions. He's been very good. Now, I'm going to give him an A minus because recently in the last couple weeks, I do think that Warner could be playing better, but he has been very solid. And I got to once again, give him one of the higher grades of all the defensive players because he has been really, really good. So I'm going to give him an A minus. If you told me an A or an A plus, I probably wouldn't argue with you, but I'll go with A minus because the defense has kind of fallen apart recently. Now you have Greenlaw, who's been good too. Also missed the game, so I got to deduct something for durability there. I'm going to give Greenlaw a B plus. I think he's been solid. He's been injured a lot, though. Now, he's been playing through some of the injuries, but the I got to at least acknowledge how often he's listed on the injury report and how often he's missed practice. So I'll give him a B plus. He's been battling some things physically, but he has been good, so I will give him some props there. As for the pass defense for the secondary, this is where it gets a bit interesting because Lenore has two interceptions, Oliver has one, Hafunga has two, Ward has two, Gibson has one, and Burks has one as a linebacker. The problem is the pass defense has been terrible the last two weeks as they got torched by Kirk Cousins and the likes of J- of Joe Burrow. So I really don't know how to grade the secondary. I can't grade them individually because, once again, you've been seeing a lot of different guys get torched, but they all have interceptions. So it's a kind of interesting dynamic here. I think I got to go with a B. I'll be simple with it. The pass defense was fine for the start of the season, but recently it's been a mess. So in the start of the season, the first five games, it's an A. For the last three games or so, I'm going to give it a D. So we'll meet in the middle. We'll call it a B, B minus. But anyway, moving on to the other key defensive players, have to mention the defensive line. We're going to look at Bosa. Bosa this season, to be honest, C minus or D plus, I've not been I've not been impressed. Now I'm going to go with a C plus because he does have three sacks and he does have uh, 22 tackles solo. Uh, sorry, 22 total tackles, 16 solo. He's been invisible for a decent amount of these games. But I'm going to give him a C minus because three sacks is still three sacks. We wanted more, but I have to at least – I'm not going to give him a D. D is based on expectation as the defensive player of the year. But I'm going to give him a C plus because he has had some production, just not as much as we expected with him having a very high bar based on how good he's been for the last couple of years. Now, Hargrave, I'll give a 
I'll give him a B plus. I think Hargrave's been good, simply put. Now, he has the same amount of sacks as Bosa, but Bosa has more expectation for sacks because Hargrave is a defensive tackle. But he's been good, so I'm going to give him a B plus. And besides that, I feel like that's going to wrap it up for the defensive lineman. For Armstead, I'm going to give him kind of the same grade as Bosa. I'm going to give him a C plus. I'm going to give him a, about a C minus or a D plus. Armstead had two sacks last week. Before that, he had half a sack in the first seven games of the season. So I'm not going to once again totally ignore what he just did in the last game, but I have to at least point out he was invisible for about two months. So I do think I'm actually going to be harsher on Armstead. I'm going to give him a D plus. I'll give Bosa a C minus because Armstead did nothing before last week. But that's going to wrap it up for the actual defense. If you want to include kicker grades, I'll give Moody a B and I'll give Wisnowski uh, an A minus, B plus, something like that. But Moody's been fine. He did miss the game winning kick against the Browns, but he's been fine for the most part. So I'll give him a B. That's basically it. So now I'm going to transition over to the coaching staff, Shanahan. I think I got to give him once again somewhere in the B range because his team has always been a front runner. He's very good with the lead and his teams never come back when trailing in the fourth quarter. It just doesn't happen. And we've seen it in the last couple of weeks. They don't win games when they're trailing in the fourth quarter. It's been the same story his entire career. And they should have, they, you can argue they should have won the Browns game. That's fine. The Vikings game shouldn't have been that close. They got outplayed for almost the entirety of it. And the Bengals killed them. So I'm going to give Shanahan a B, B minus. They've been underachieving, but they're still a playoff team. And they have had some injuries to key pieces, either Trent Williams or Debo Samuel. The passing defense, though, has been a mess. But luckily, the trade deadline might have answered their issues because they ended up trading for a defensive lineman, ended up getting Chase Young. Partly because of what I said about Bosa and Armstead, they have not been producing as much as we expected. So they ended up getting a high ceiling guy in Chase Young, trying to some, I don't want to say revive his career, but trying to turn him into an even better player with this defensive line. So we'll see if Chase Young can help with the defensive line issues and maybe they'll be able to get back to pressure on the quarterback at will. So that might be the, I don't want to say turning point of the season, but that might be able to somewhat jumpstart the defense. We'll see. But either way, point is the Niners have had a pretty mediocre year so far and definitely below what we expected, but still a playoff team nonetheless. But that's going to wrap it up for the actual grades and the recap of the first half of the season for the Niners. We're back once again for the Week 10 breakdown uh, with the Jaguars game on deck. But until then, find me on Twitter at Rice Radio. And good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.